Hey, welcome to the Rain and Morale podcast. So do you ever feel like screaming out in the office on Zoom or outside the school gates? For the love of God, come on, really? Then if this is you and you're looking for an honest, fun and frank podcast on life and business, then sit back and listen to me, Rain and Morale. I'll be bringing great people on the show to talk, share and debate their life experiences and business challenges. Keeping the show unpolished, but in a fun and unique British style, with sarcasm, tenacity, maybe a few swear words or tears. This podcast keeps it real, honest, raw and removes the bullshit in the only way I know how, through authenticity and getting shit done. Think of it less like the Housewives of New York or TOWIE with the lipo and drama and more like the house lives of the real world. I hope you'll take something away to be better informed laugh, smile, or maybe even finally getting the confidence to shout, come on, really. So enjoy. Hi, welcome to the Rain Morel pod show. Oh, no, pod show, podcast. <laughs> I am delighted to have Pritpal Surge with me here today. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you? Well, clearly you're doing a lot better than I am. I'm really well, thank you. I'm really well. Um, listen, for all the people out there listening today, I am super excited to have Crit with us today, who is an incredible employee of the Prince's Trust. Um, so in introduction to, to Prit, he's been working with the Prince's Trust for about four years now. And I know you're working heavily with the youth to try and work with positive mentors to help them with their confidence and like longevity and, and sort of getting into the into the workplace. Um, but if that isn't enough, one of the projects that I know you're working on um, is the Commonwealth Games because the Prince's Trust obviously is a, an associate with the Commonwealth Games. I've just realised when we were chatting before that you literally live 10 minutes away from me. <laughs> so it's absolutely brilliant. I can't believe it. Um, and then obviously uh, Prit is also very active with the LGBTQ um, kind of programme within the Prince's Trust called Pulse and also Prince's Trust Can. Um, and it's all about connecting communities, societal um, changes, equality inclusion and all of those sorts of things so I probably haven't done you enough justice but um and and the, the reason why I wanted to bring Prit onto the the podcast I've been working with the Prince's Trust now for a similar amount of time but I'm I I just volunteer a couple of hours days um a month and I've absolutely loved doing it so I just want to hear more about the Prince's Trust and hope that if there's someone listening it will get bring in more volunteers Amazing. No, firstly, you're not just a volunteer, you're an amazing part of the team, which is always needed. Thank you. Thank you very much. But seriously, you guys are doing it all day, every day. So, Prit, please, if we take a step back. Tell me a little bit more about um, why you ended up at the Prince's Trust. How did you end up there and, and what, you know? <laughs> so, I'm a proper people person. I'll talk to anyone. Um, we walking through the streets and all my neighbours know that if Brit's out in the street walking his dogs he's going to come and talk to you because that's, that's what I am. Um, so did my degree back in social work, finished that in 2015 um, and then I thought okay let's go down a clinical route. So I was a bit of an addiction therapist uh, for a couple of years um, in Birmingham which was amazing. It was just so interesting the things that you see and again 
um, get volunteers in that organisation to help support other service users that were, were with us at that time. So it's proper peer-to-peer volunteering, which I found was so important when you're, you're in that kind of position. Mm. Right, somebody that's been in that position with an addiction can help somebody much better than I could when if, if as I hadn't. Um, I thought, right, time for a bit of a change. Let's see where else I can go and support some more volunteers, support some more um, causes. And so stumbled along the Prince's Trust, um, applied here thinking, oh God, they're not going to have me. I haven't got enough to, to go there with. Um, but yeah, started at the Prince's Trust back in, oh God, 2017, I want to say now, September 2017. So we also joined the same year. There you go. And I still haven't met you. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. Um, yeah, and I started on the volunteer commons team, so working on our education programs, Mosaic and Enterprise Challenge. So trying to get relatable role models and volunteers from around the West Midlands um, into schools in the West Midlands, obviously, to be inspirational speakers and inspirational role models for young people in secondary schools growing up to look at their confidence, to look at their resilience. Um, I absolutely loved it. I had a jackpot of a job. Um, and it was just uh, the part that I love about my job is going through it now for four years. It's seeing the change of young people throughout the process of working with a volunteer, but at the same time, it's seeing the process of a volunteer change throughout that time as well. Like, you can have a really quiet volunteer that starts with you, same as a young person. By the time you finish your training and they finish their year in that school, you can't shut them up. They're just constantly talking. And actually, that's the best kind of volunteer that you want to see. You want to see them grow um, as a person. And it's kind of a, a bit of a, a tick in my book to say, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm glad we got to support you as well as the young people. Yeah. So, I mean, even I didn't know that the, the Prince's Trust did that. So if there was anyone listening and thinking, oh, well, so how could I get involved as a volunteer in, in doing that? What, what, what sort of person do you need and what's the training? So in terms of volunteering in education, you just you really need to be a person pleaser, a person pleaser, and, and wanting to work with young people, um, especially those that are in school and wanting to give back to them. Um, we are always looking for volunteers at the Prince's Trust throughout the UK, um, especially in our education programmes, and they're always obviously academic years, so from September to July. Um, obviously, you'll have to there's volunteer training that you have to go through, such as safeguarding, because we're working with such young yeah. people. Um, but then you learn the ins and outs of how to be a mentor at the Prince's Trust. You learn about what Prince's Trust is about um, and that ethos that we, we started with. Um, and then we fully DBS check you, run you through all the ins and outs and do all your induction with you and get you started hands on with these young people in schools. And we had quite a few volunteers that come through to us throwing at that say, I don't know if I can work with a young person in schools and I don't know if I can do it. What if, what yeah. if I'm not? But actually, everybody messes up everybody does things you're learning constantly every single day so it's taking it one step at a time and that's why I love this job is because you I know that my mentors and my volunteers can come back to me and say Prit I need some advice on this or I need your help planning something can you help me yeah. do it that to and fro with them really and I, I actually just from what you just said there on reflection when I did my training um and you know we just sort of did three days training there was a lot of nervousness about uh, between the volunteers about what if they don't want to talk to us and what if they don't want to connect and all of these sorts of things and actually 
I can hand on my heart say any of those fears just have not come to fruition at, at all. And I've been blessed with some amazing young young people. Um, and, and it's not been easy for them. But uh, no, I think those fears that you have in training just very, I can imagine very rarely come to fruition. No, totally. It's, but it's nice as well because you see it's, it's, it's a bit of to and fro with the young people. The young people learn off the elderly mentors. Well, I say elderly. Elderly? The adults. <laughs> the adults that's not what I meant. Um, <laughs> okay, podcast is ended now. You've literally <laughs> just called me elderly. I'm only 44. <laughs> doing my old, aren't I? Um, doing my own grade. But no, so those in school learn from obviously those that are over 18 that have had that life experience. And of they course. share their experience. But actually, those adults, <laughs> thank you those adults will learn from the young people as well about what the new trend is or what the young people are talking about these days and what these slogans and slangs are well for example i've got um a mentor he's in his late 60s now he's retired and he absolutely loves going to school every time he goes he learns something different from these young people and he can go back he knows how to do something better with technology he knows about the latest songs that crazes that are going on but these young people have also left learning about what confidence yeah. takes, what his job used to be and how he used to work and how that dedication has got him to where he is now. And I think that's the most crucial thing that I feel like we lack a lot. We don't know that whole rounded picture, which is very important. Yeah, and I think when we've seen examples of um, where we we put animals and young children into old people's homes and the benefit that that brings to the kids and also that older generation, we know it works. Um, yes, of course, there's those nervousnesses about, I can't, I can't even imagine going into a secondary school now and think I'm going to get my head flushed down the toilet or, you know, heckled and whatever, but again I have to reiterate for anyone listening that the the learnings that I get um from from my young um adults I've absolutely adored you know will keep me on my toes I might always learn something from them and it's I always tell my volunteers and mentors this you're not you're their mom and dad you're not their teacher you're somebody totally random that's going into their classroom so yeah they might have reservations but actually yeah once you get through to them they're going to ask you so many inappropriate questions. Where did you learn? Where do you live? What car do you drive? Everything. But that's just them picking at you to try and see if they can become that friend with you. Just be inquisitive. But then you should ask them the same. Obviously, not how much they earn and not where they live and how they drive, but ask them things about their personality. What do they like doing? What are their interests? If you've got a common interest with a young person, stick to it. Even yeah. if they start talking to you about football and you haven't got the foggiest about football, just try. Start talking to them and you'll get a lot more out of, out of them. Yeah, or at least pretend that you're trying and exactly. admit that you're trying, but you know yeah. nothing about football or so they'll annihilate you within, <laughs> within a second. But yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, I think, I, I, I also, I guess I didn't realise that do, do all schools do this? How does the Prince's Trust approach schools? Is it certain schools, do schools approach you? How does that work? So it's a bit of both. It's, you, when I first started, we had about 20 schools on our, on our, on our books uh, for both programmes. And it's a lot of um, talking to each other, the teachers talk to each other. We, have a, we used to do a lot of teacher conferences where they all got together. Um, 
I spoke about what's going great in their school and who else they could, because a lot of schools are academies now. Yeah. So because one academy's doing it, they tell them in the other academies and they all want to do it. Um, but at the same time, if we find a school in a certain area, then actually they really need to, we need, really need to target that school or we haven't got a school in that area, then we'll just go and approach and say, we've got this going on. Here's a testimonial from the other schools that have taken part in it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're always looking for schools, we're always looking for mentors. Obviously, COVID happened, so we, it, we took a big hit then. Um, yeah. Everything went virtual and it's, virtual mentoring is great. Um, and a lot of our mentors say, right, now how do we get back into those schools? Because one-on-one and one-on groups as well is, is you get a lot more tangible outcomes from it. Um, yeah. Yeah, so now we're kind of drumming that expect- expectation, drumming that experience back up so we can get started again um, in, the, in the new year. And I think as well, especially when it comes to building rapport and trust, being face-to-face with those students and, and as somebody who's not elderly but mature, um, you learn to kind of, um, I'm not going to let you forget that now, you do realise yeah. that, um, you do learn to understand certain body languages and things like that and you, it's so much harder to do that virtually than I can watch 30 students and see who's nudgy and who and who's you know it's those that are more quiet or those that really you know dying to ask a question so I think it, yeah and if I reflect back on you know your kind of educational support um for for job you know for jobs when you're older it really wasn't very good. And, and it's, it's that, like I said, it's that listening. It, like, a mentor is there to listen. your sounding board for, for a young person going in uh, into schools. We, we have, in our training, for example, we tell the mentors that you might click with one young person in that school um, and that your person wants to tell you about their walk to school just because they can't tell the teacher because the teacher got, may not have time for them. The parents may not have time for them or we're doing something different. So they really need to tell somebody about maybe that dog that they saw on the, on the school walk to school. So listen to them, talk to them about that dog because then they've got it off their chest and they know that somebody's listening to them. But at the same time, and so my mentors, you don't listen to them, they will clock on and they will tell you that and they will log off from you as well. If they, don't, if they know that you're not listening to them or you're not taking part in their conversation, that, that will affect your relationship with them. So it's once you've built that connection with a young person, keep going at it because you'll get a lot more from them and they'll get a lot more from you as well. No, absolutely. And I just think that, you know, there's such a wealth of knowledge out there and it doesn't, I think for me, it doesn't and shouldn't be people, um, you know, who are coming to retirement or semi-retired or retired. You know, I think the more diverse the mentors can be and the younger that they can be I think is critical um, because we have such a diverse community in in the UK that everyone needs to see themselves represented within the volunteering group as well and I think that's what um, needs to happen more. Yeah and it's all about that relatable role model, relatable person to talk to it, to talk to young people and it's it's about choosing the right type of volunteer to go into the right school in their area. You don't want to just chuck something deep into a school that they, they don't know and that area that they don't know of it either. And I think that's something great that we, we do in Mosaic and Challenge is we match skill sets and volunteer demographics to the schools that they, they, they're wanted. Yeah. Um, then on the other side, it's great to push the boundaries to see how it's going to work, to change 
Um, in the West Midlands, for example, we have some single sex schools. So we have quite a few just girls schools um, and quite a few boys schools um, taking part. And some of the teachers have said, right, it'd be nice to have all girl um, mentors for this all girls school, but actually we should be putting in males in that school as well. Yeah. You need to have that understanding of a different way. Um, and you need to understand that the, the other sex that you, you don't see in your schools, for example, have, have a benefit to play. And the same in the boys' school, putting in male mentors is, is so important. But then at the same time, they need to see females in a, in a different light that, that they might not have seen. Um, but it, and that's where it's relatable as well, because uh, a male in a female school might not be relatable, but actually they might be doing a job that one of these young females want to do later on in life. So that's where it's, it's relatability on so many different levels. Yeah, and I, and I totally agree. I think, you know, the world is, is what is it, 51% female and 49 male. So exactly, that's how it should be re represented. And we can't have one without the other. And it's about that kind of equality. Um, coming on a little bit to, I guess, what you're doing with the Olympic Games and Birmingham 2022. So obviously this becomes more of a, a regional passion than it, than it does nationally. But look, it's coming. It's happening next year. How are the Princess Trust getting involved and what are you doing? So the Commonwealth Games, not Olympic. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It wasn't that long ago. It was like 2019 and COVID was just around the corner and now it's nearly 2022. And I'm like, um, what, what's happened? <laughs> Commonwealth Games. Um, yeah, well, obviously we've got a lot going on um, over the next 12 to 18 months or in in run up to the Commonwealth Games actually. Um it started back in 2019. We had a big kind of sit down and said, right, the games are coming to us. The Prince's Trust is a Commonwealth charity. Um, Prince Charles is head of our charity. He's, he's Royal Highness Prince Charles, I should say that. He's head of our charity. He's head of that. Um, <laughs> he did what, call him Charlie, so he's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are we gonna do? How are we gonna show that? Prince Trust is in Birmingham and is the largest youth charity in the UK. How are we going to make this happen? So yeah. um, we set up some great partnerships with uh, the Commonwealth Games Federation, and we've got a great partnership now with our Sports Foundation, the British Council, the Freaks, and the Duke of Edinburgh. Brilliant. Who we've created a Commonwealth Games project for Birmingham, um, which I'm currently leading. So as part of it, I really wanted the youth voice to be present present um, at the games because you games come and go and there's always a specific type of young person or specific type of young people that are always present in them games and there's you always have the unheard young people so that's who I'm trying to capture now is these young people that may never ever have a chance to even go and see the games um, they know it's taking part but to get them to be proactive basically right. so we have set up three youth summits, so three youth conferences um, around the Games, and it's open for young people throughout the Commonwealth to take part. And we, me, well, um, between us and the British Council, we did a bit of a scoping session before we started this project yeah. to see what the important topics were around the Commonwealth. Um, so we did some intercultural series talks, and the three topics that kept coming up were education, sustainable development, and intercultural relations. 
So, well, great, that's what we're going to base our youth summits on. So, first Brilliant. was on education back in June. The second youth summit is on sustainable development, and that's in November this year. And the third youth summit is on intercultural relations in April 22. Amazing. Uh, all of these summits, we wanted to create a manifesto and a document to hand over to um, our Sports Foundation saying, this is all the data and analysis and insight that we found from young people across the Commonwealth um, on these three topics, as well as from sports around them topics. This is what they want. How can we work together to make this happen before the next Commonwealth Games comes where it's going to be? Um, so it's at the same time, because it's the first time the Princess Trust have ever done anything like that, I can't I wanted to create a framework and a toolkit. So wherever the games go, you can if, lift and shift. Yeah, if there's a Princess Trust entity there, why not continue what we've done? Why not do summits wherever they're going to be and continue this conversation, continue the way youth are engaging their voices yeah that's one part of it that's this four strands another part of it is we wanted to enhance what global citizenship meant yeah so in partnership with the Kalui foundation we've recruited 12 amazing young leaders who are my volunteers who sit with me at the moment and they've all been trained up in global citizenship so some of them are helping me on the youth summit some of them are helping me on some education work where we want to embed global citizenship more into the ethos um, of what we're doing at the Prince's Trust. Brilliant. But then at the same time, we really want to connect classrooms from the UK with classrooms around the Commonwealth. Yeah. Um, because how great would it be to have that intercultural learning from classrooms? I never got to see what a classroom in a, another country looked like. So these yeah. what these guys do. I want them to see what a classroom in Nigeria looks like. But again, for young people in Nigeria, they might not know what a classroom in the UK looks like. So why not? We're in this digital age now. Let's do it. Let's get these young people talking to each other. Um, so yeah, that's that's where we're going at the moment. There's a, there's a lot to do. Yeah. Uh, it's very exciting. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave that legacy because that word legacies, it always happens after a game or after a big event. But It does actually mean how much is it actually going to benefit these young people so the work that we're doing will benefit them for years to come as we're planting it and actually you know you talk about um a legacy to lift and shift for other commonwealth games or other princes trust enterprises but actually for anyone dealing in youth and education it can lift and shift that you know find that common common voices um and and make it more impactful um so it doesn't it actually doesn't surprise me about those topics um which makes the sustainable development goals even more spot on in, in terms of those those sorts of areas so so tell me a little bit more then about um the prince's trust and pulse and how you know what your involvement is and what that means to the prince's trust so at the Trust, we've got quite a few um, groups for staff members to join. Um, I always think about it as like a society and university, like we've got great causes to work. Yeah. So the course is the Princess Trust LGBTQ plus um, network with so many staff from around the country talking about what is important to people 
who are LGBTQ and who aren't. So we have allies and we have members as part of this Pulse network. Um, and we have annual conferences to talk about what's going on in that area at the moment. We attend pride marches throughout the UK, showcasing the Princess Trust and our network. Um, and it's, it's just so important to have that area in uh, a place of work that you can go and feel comfortable in, you can go and talk about topics. Um, there's a lot of companies don't. No. And I think that's the way we should be going forward, to be more inclusive, um, to show staff members, actually, this is a great place to work because you, you have got a voice in this organisation. You can go and raise what you need to. Um, and the same goes with the PT Council, Cultural Awareness Network, we're also part of. It, yeah. it gives you a space to share your culture and share to everybody that you're working with about what's going on in your culture. And it's, I always say it's, it's like an RE lesson, right? an RE lesson for adults, because you're all learning so many different things in, in a really fun way. Um, but we have so many other networks. So we've got Princess Trust Dawn, which is the Disability Awareness Network, and Bye. which is the Gender Equality Network, which is it, it's great. It's just great to talk to people. And at the same time, you're meeting people from so many corners of the UK that you'd never get to talk to. Yeah. And you're all on the same level playing field. I think we're talking to directors about this issue, we're talking to um, volunteers about this issue. You're all together at the same at the same point so my part of it is how now can I put my young leaders into yeah. these networks to showcase the youth voice um, that we're working with at the moment yeah and I think you know what I think you know it's my hope whether I'll still be alive or or, or not at that point that we don't need these separate groups. It just becomes part of the, the cultural DNA as is finance, commercial, marketing, supply chain. It just becomes, it's not, not that it's not talked about, but it, it, it's just there. And we don't need these separate groups. And I, I, I'm so passionate that the more we educate our children and our young people, that they, they will start to not tolerate probably what's been hidden behind closed doors and you know there's, there's there's generations now growing up who are just used to people who are gay getting married or transgender or watching you know RuPaul's Drag Queen I mean whatever it might be it just becomes part of the tv that they watch um you know I certainly would never have seen anything like that as a as a young girl so but you know that, that gives me a lot of a lot of hope um I think for, I and I'm glad we're talking about it now because, as you said, 20 years ago, nobody talked about this kind of thing. Or how many companies had these kind of areas that you could be open in? So now, like you said, hopefully it does happen in our generation and it, it changed again. But we've got here so quickly already. So what? who knows what's going to happen in the next 20 years or so? Yeah. But I guess equally as well, it's knowing that we live in a country that's that is is diverse and more open. I'm not, you know, equally naive enough to know that isn't the same in many other cultures, countries, religions. Um, there's a long way to, to go, but I think, you know, education of children is really, really important to me. And I, and I think the more that we can show them, I love the way you talked about RE, often the most unpopular topic at school, the most boring, but if you look at it as, and rebrand it effectively as the cultural differences around the world, the foods, the music, the, 
the kind of the ways of life and all of that and suddenly that becomes more travel and you know geography and all of that sort of stuff I think sometimes we probably just miss a trick in how we package it yeah totally and it's the same with history like all these unpopular subjects at school now become popular I shouldn't really say unpopular subjects at school but we look <laughs> no but you know, my, I've got two daughters and, you know, my youngest the other day said, oh, I don't really enjoy history. I don't get it. And I said, well, what you've got to look at is, is flip it on its head. Think of all those things that have happened, all the mistakes, all the amazing stuff that has given you an opportunity to be where you are today. What could you take from that? And again, I, I think that probably comes more to the way education is is done in the the uk that's not obviously for us to debate on this call but um i think it is a challenge um in terms of engagement because you you see it you must see it all the time when kids are engaged and they're passionate about something oh my god it's just infectious totally if you're on that topic and you're doing something really proactive with them they're there they'll give you everything you need if you're standing there with your powerpoint presentation talking to them about something that they don't want to know about it, it, it's quiet and it's quite embarrassing so that's why we always sit with our mentors and say right let's make these sessions as, as interactive as you can let's get them up let's get them moving let's get them doing things even if it's a Monday morning and they don't want to do it they will because it's something totally different from their learning um yeah and it's you're bringing that fun and every time I talk to um, my teachers at the school they're always like the kids are always waiting for that next lesson. They're always passing us in the corridor saying, Miss, when are their mentors coming in from the Prince's Trust again? So you leave for yourself in the schools, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things that, I mean, I, I speak to many incredible people like yourself, and I just wish that it wasn't so that we had to sort of fundraise and volunteer and that these roles were put as important as, you know, the, the role of a, a politician within each community and the importance of it constantly, you know, sort of NGOs fighting for funds and, and volunteers because we could have such an incredibly vibrant and much happier world, I think. Absolutely. But again, being at the just uh, we couldn't do this without volunteers. We couldn't do all of the work that we do without volunteers. For example, for you, working with that enterprise young people, we couldn't support them as much as we could without you being there to give them that helping hand and give them your expertise along the way. So it's, it's so valuable, the experience that our volunteers bring to us. And again, as a staff member, it, the amount of stuff I've learned from volunteers, yeah. it's amazing. Like, I have a core group of volunteers that I always call up to say, can you help? And they know that when I call them, I'm asking for something. Um, <laughs> got, do not answer in their phone as my name. But <laughs> it's nice to go to my volunteer and say, actually, I need your help. Can you just talk me through X, Y, and Z? Or could you help me on this project? Or, or help me build something that I need to do for young people? And it's it's nice to know that you've got that community. Yeah. Um, and, to, and to thrive. And again, giving me giving back to my volunteers, say, so you know what? thank you like without you I couldn't have been able to do what I needed to do so it's there's always that incentive kind of thing at the yeah. end like I will always be there for my volunteers how they're there for me I think if, if if we can get every young person to have the same equal opportunities to education but um 
having this kind of every single person I think needs a mentor personally because if you just had that someone that you can go to and go five minutes just run through me with this or do you know someone here or you know that paying it forward again is really infectious and it's a great it is a great feeling to be able to to do it god knows what my young adults think of me they probably you know yeah there'd be a few, a few expletives on the on the podcast but you know what if there's if they take one thing away or you bring them back from feeling really quite down and low that particular day that's all that matters isn't it really yeah it's it's not a bad thing to have a mentor like I was as, as a member of staff and an adult actually I don't ever need a mentor I'm fine it's I can handle this myself until I found out in one of my roles that one of my directors had a mentor I was like what you're you're an adult older than me and I can't believe somebody so in that in that role has got a mentor supporting them and like because you would never think that somebody that high up would need one a lot of hundreds of CEOs around the UK have mentors and have somebody that they can go and talk to yeah now I thought actually I want one like everybody should have somebody as a sounding board that they can go to um yeah that's not a friend and not family member somebody outside their circle that they can go and ask yeah questions I think I think I might have this stat slightly wrong but something like 71 percent of the fortune 500 companies all offer and have mentoring coaching sort of programs Mm -hmm. um because I think I, I I do believe that I think whoever you are and probably the higher up you go the ladder the more lonely you become and you you feel more exposed so I'm a I'm a firm believer of if we can start mentoring young and those young adults leave school and go I want to carry that on or have a a buddy or someone I can kind of just whatsapp or you know zoom in every now and again I think it will do everyone's mental health the, the world of good um, I think again, I always think that wouldn't it be nice to have a young person as a mentor? I'd love to go to a young person and say, What do you think I should do now? Because they've got something, something completely different to what you would have thought out, and it maybe it's completely more creative. Um, yeah, which is again why we should always get a young person's opinion in the way we're going to do it because they're going to be the next, whatever they're going to be, they're going to be the next people owning these big businesses and x y and z so we need to get them to start being great for us and how how valued it makes them feel i know sometimes when i'm having a really tough gig i will ask my eight-year-old and 12-year-old okay this has happened what should i do and some of their answer answers are, are brutal but brilliant like literally brilliant um and i remember there was a company i can't remember the name it was a very well known um, tech company and they employed a, a silent board of directors I think there was 10 of them and they were all aged between 11 and 18 wow. specifically because the people running the business effectively were all white middle-class male um, and so yeah and I just thought well you know what it's a shame they're not in, actually employed but it's a start what a great way mm-hmm. to um bring in that diverse thinking and if you're going to be talking selling something to young people or delivering tech and everyone's over 55 you've probably got a bit of a problem exactly and 
they're the most critical young people as well. They're very, they give you their honest answer. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, never take a young person shopping because if you like something and they don't like it, like you're in trouble. Yeah. So it, well, it's nice. It's nice to have that refreshing kind of, right, okay, I've got to do something different now. I've got to make it fun. Yeah. And, and it's also about how we, you know, what happens to a young person as they're coming through education and their, their brutal honesty and rawness that somehow stops as they get older and they get into this political corporate world and suddenly all of those things get that get quashed but again another another topic for for another time listen it's been absolute pleasure to to speak to you I'm, I'm delighted myself to learn more about the other areas of the the prince's trust and I hope for anybody listening out there if you're interested in volunteering be it for the programme in schools or the enterprise volunteering as such as I do, feel free to, to, to message me on, on the YouTube channel or um, reach out to me um, and I can certainly put you in touch with Prit. So thank you so much for everything you do and it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. So that's it. You've made it. The show's over. Thank you for being with us. I hope you've been able to take something away, maybe solve a problem, or just know you're not alone. Here's hoping it made you smile with a few laughs along the way. Please feel free to find me on all social media channels and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search the Rona Morale podcast. Have an awesome day and see you next time.